How is everyone doing after last night? It was kind of like the jogging machine was on full belt, wasn't it? There was no like, <laughs> you've arrived, let's go. <laughs> so I hope you're okay with that. I mean, it's part of the forced change that I was talking about, you know. Morning, come on in. Stevie's going to be talking in a minute, but I just wanted to say something before we started. Th- firstly, thanks for last night. I know it was heavy. We do a lot of joy stuff, you know. But sometimes, you know, we can only do what we see the Father doing, you know. And um, it's the kindness and severity of God. God's this fun, got this fun side to him that's really cheeky and crazy. And the angels are like that. But even with the angels, you'll find that there's like really funny ones. Like I've met some incredibly funny angels. But I've also met some that, that don't smile. They are like, if, if you try asking them a question and they answer you, you feel you wish you hadn't asked them anything because, like, and they, they, some of them are like stone. Some of them are like stone, but some of them are like young, young youth. They're like youth. They they play, they dance, they wrestle. So you've got this contrast, and it's already getting weird, isn't it? What I'm talking about. <laughs> all right, but let's face it, we're weird. All right. So you've got that like paradox all the time. We've got to be people that are comfortable living in the full manifestation of who Jesus is. So Jesus skips over the hills, but he's also the righteous judge. He's the lion. He's also the lamb. Satan thought he could take out God because God looks so gentle and meek. Have you ever seen the father? The father's the most gentle person imaginable. When you feel the atmosphere around him, It is pure gentleness. You cannot imagine anything more gentle than the Father. So you've got the fact that the Father's really gentle, but he's really powerful. Okay? So last night we did some heavy stuff. We're going to do some fun stuff as well today. The other thing I want to say is this, is that everyone's powerful to think differently. So you know if if I say a statement that doesn't register for you, that's okay for you to throw it away, because I don't believe we're in an era where we gather together because we all agree anymore. I think that era's finished. How many of you know that, that God never forces two people to think the same? He hasn't walked in the room and said, sign up to this list, right? God is not insecure, and he's happy for people to work out their own salvation, right? So, and we have to admit that we might teach, be teaching things that are wrong. In fact, everybody is teaching things that are wrong. Um, Rick Joyner says, every one of us is deceived, There are are areas of every one of us that isn't in the light yet, where we don't have full understanding. So one of my spiritual fathers, Martin Scott, says, when he preaches, he sometimes will make a heavyweight point and say, that's what I believe today, but I may not believe it tomorrow. I like that because it allows us to evolve. So even with new teachings on how we're doing the court, let's not say that God will add to how we're teaching on the court. God will show us more of what the court looks like, show us different courts. So even though we did a court session, we're not going to get in a formula. We're going to follow him. Do you know what I'm saying? So all we're doing is opening up the door, but I want you to be powerful. So if you go away from this conference and say, I disagree, don't feel upset by that. You're powerful to disagree. I disagreed with stuff in the past. It turned out the people were right and I was wrong. Like, for example, a friend of mine said, I, I, I want to see Jesus face to face. At the time, I thought you could only see Jesus face to face at the second coming. So I said to him, how can Jesus come and see you face to face? That would be the second coming. I didn't understand about multi-location and multi-dimensionalism and being in more than one place at a time, right? (laughs) I now teach on that. And I teach how to move in other dimensions and how to be present in more than one place. The most places I've ever been present at the same time are four places. I've been in four places at the same time. It is possible to multilocate, and I've also got scriptures on it. Ezekiel did it. Ezekiel was with the, the elders, and he got taken to Jerusalem and was in two places at once. So there was two Ezekiels on the planet. I'm pushing you guys too far for before breakfast, am I? <laughs> All right, so what I'm saying is this, is that when you're exposed to a new truth, it may sound completely wrong. Like the church used to think that the world was flat. The church used to think the world was flat. The church used to think that the the sun went round the earth. Okay? So what I'm saying is be willing to change. God's challenging a lot of what we thought. 
we're going to cover a lot of these topics today. Like I didn't know there was all these other beings. I didn't know you could talk to the cloud of witnesses. I didn't know they could mentor you. I didn't know there was about the seven spirits. I didn't know about the angelic court and how the angels work. So it's like at first you, you think Holy Spirit does everything. And then you begin to go in the kingdom world of the Father and realize he's got a massive team that work for him. Huge team. And then you begin to make friends with them. So, you know, what I'm saying is be stretched, but be powerful. If you want to disagree, what we're going to be is family. Now, families stick together even if they, they disagree, don't they? Families stick together because they love one another. Families stick together because they're built on honor and value. Now, life flows through honor so if we honor someone, life will flow from them. So even if we disagree at this conference, let's have a culture of honor, because the culture of honor is the culture of heaven. It is. And it's the foundation for this. It's the womb for this new move of God. We will never see the earth transformed if we don't have a culture of honor. We have to be not trying to control each other anymore. Everyone has to remain powerful. We don't all have to agree. We're a family and we're moving somewhere together, Okay. Great. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Um, great. So I want to introduce Stevie to you. Stevie is, is a great friend of mine, Stephen McKee from Scotland. Um, yeah, come on, Stevie. Shabba. I've got a lot of respect for this guy. And um, yeah, I'm just going to pray for you, Stevie, because I love you so much, man. You're awesome. You know, God is just raising up people that, that feel like they haven't got it, and God is raising people up that are nothing, that have nothing, and, and they're becoming oracles. And when I met Stevie, and the first conference I did with him about five years ago, he, he, he invited me in, and he couldn't even pick up a microphone. He was that, that shy about speaking publicly, and I said, it was too heavy. <laughs> It was too heavy for him. He needed a tiny, tiny mic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's just, he's, just, he's just pushed through it all, and I love him. So, Father, thank you for Stevie today. We value him. I want you to, you to see him in the spirit. Life flows through honor. If you honor him, you'll receive the fullness of what he carries. He's an apostolic voice that's been risen up in our nation from Scotland. He's connected something that happened in Wales. His, his mum and dad were part of the apostolic move in Wales. And he remembers as a kid hearing people singing in the spirit and the glory come in. And people used to get up and prophesy, name names, and tell people where to move. They were like oracles. And he's been really impacted by that revival history and he carries some of that. So, Father, thank you for Stevie. We just release you right now. We just say no holding back. No holding back. No holding back. Shika babo shiki meme so ba 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 ba. And we just say we're wide open today. Whoa. Whoa. Shuba ba ba. That's it. Put your hand on someone next to you. Holy, 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 holy. So, Father, we release dynamite today to explode people's hearts, to explode minds. Lord, yay, reformat, recreate. Yay. Thank you, Father. Whoa. Amen. Hello? Oh. I've got two messages and I don't know one to speak. <laughs> First of all, I'll tell you about a dream I had last night because I think there's some things we need to take to the courtroom. One of the dreams was I was supposed to be going to a tent with Ian Clayton, but there was violence in the area, and I had to run away, and I never actually got to the tent. But the, there was a man in, in the dream, and when this guy comes into my dream, I know that it represents intimidation. 
and I know that there's intimidation in the land. It's like the fear. But it's also the fear of going the new path, the new way. Like Ian Clayton represents the new. And there's a fear. The second dream, I was actually getting charged by the police. <laughs> so that represents legalism because I was getting charged for nothing. So... <laughs> So I wonder if we could stand up again and just get into the court. So I want to take intimidation, violence, the fear of the unknown path, and legalism into the court. Because this all holds us back if we go in the direction that God wants us to go. So you's up for that? Is everybody up for that? Because it takes all of us to be part of this and say the yes and amen. Because this is your land. It's up to you. So let's just by faith step into the court. So just take a step forward. And Lord, we want to thank you that we can come into your court. We thank you that you are the judge, but you're also our father. And the court is rigged in our behalf. I thank you for our advocate, Jesus. And we thank you that you have spoken, Lord, and you have revealed the demonic beings that are trying to hold back the people in Northern Ireland. So in your name, I just command intimidation to come into the court. I command fear to come into the core. I command that spirit of violence to come into the core. And I command that legalistic demon to come into the core. And Lord, I ask on behalf of Northern Ireland that you will judge these demons. I ask, Lord God, that you will crush them under your feet, under the feet of Jesus. And I ask, Lord, that in this place that you release peace. That you release perfect trust in you. That we will be able to, as in people of Northern Ireland, walk the unknown path without intimidation, without fear. Without the fear of violence. And Lord, I ask that you deal with the legalistic religious spirit in the land. And Lord, I ask you for forgiveness. We ask for forgiveness. When we have, Lord God, we have been scared. We have been intimidated. We have been religious. When we have been legalistic. When we have not stood up for what you're doing. When we have fled and run away. We say we are guilty. Forgive us. And Lord, we thank you that in the court, the blood speaks on our behalf. And the blood says we are forgiven. And the... The accuser of the brethren can speak no more. He cannot accuse us because of the blood. So Lord, we receive. We receive a divorce from intimidation. We receive a divorce from fear. We receive a divorce from violence. And we receive the scroll that says that we can walk in the unknown path. That we can go in the tent. That we can walk the new path, the unknown path. Without fear, intimidation, or violence. Or without legalism controlling us. Yes. Yes, yes, and we decree in the court that we will stand, we will stand, we will be brave, we will be courageous, and we will move towards the promised land, and we don't see giants, we don't see giants from beneath, but we see little grasshoppers from above that we can trample on under our feet because we are seated in heavenly places so we step by faith back into the earth realm and we decree to Northern Ireland that there's a new day here and it's not a day of fear it's not a day of intimidation it's not a day of legalism it's not a day of violence but it's a day of peace It's a day of love. It's a day of courageous people rising up. It's a day of the manifest sons in Northern Ireland taking their place. 
It's a day for the sons of God to arise. And it's a day when the men of violence will be convicted and turned to you, Lord. And they shall become the greatest apostles in the land. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for the peace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> I don't know why I'm moving forward. Right. I've chosen what I'm going to speak on. And it's called the seven spirits of God and the manifestation of the sons of God. It's like we have all lived in an era that's Pentecostal or charismatic where we've been used to the gifts of the Spirit, we've been used to outpouring since 1906. It happened in the day of Pentecost, but ever since then it was like a Pentecostal era. But I want to tell you and I want to suggest to you that we're about to move beyond Pentecost. We're about to move beyond where we've ever been. There was three feasts in Israel. One was Passover. Three feasts that the men were called to go to Jerusalem to encounter God. One was Passover. One was Pentecost. And one was tabernacles. We've all experienced Passover, which is the cross, which is Jesus, the Lamb of God. We've all experienced Pentecost. Well, most of us has. Well, there's been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But what none of us have ever experienced is tabernacles. We've probably never even heard that there's something called tabernacles. Pentecost is what we've experienced, but there's something beyond. I tell you what, we're moving away from the Pentecostal era. Paul Keith Davis believes that we've saw the last of the Pentecostal outpourings. Do you realize Pentecost was just an, a down payment? 2 Corinthians 1.22 says, God also sealed us and gave us the spirit as a down payment in our hearts. A down payment means we've not got the full amount yet. <laughs> New International Version says, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Yes. It's beyond Pentecost. It's the mature sons walking in the earth. It's walking in fullness. Pentecost was just a tenth. Do you realize Pentecost was just a tenth? It is he who has anointed us, just as it is he who has put his seal on us and given us the foretaste of the Spirit in our hearts. Anything we've seen in the past is just a foretaste. Anything we've seen in the Welsh Revival or the Lewis Revival or the Ulster Revival is a foretaste. Pentecost is actually known as the first fruits feast. First fruits. First fruits was always a tenth. Can you imagine 3,000 people saved in a day? And that was the first fruits, that was a tenth. Can you imagine the glory coming upon a people in Northern Ireland where it's not just the first fruits that you speak and like 100,000 people in an instant are saved? I tell you, what's coming is way beyond what we've been doing. We've all, lots of us have been involved with we evangelistic outreaches and like trying our hardest to get people saved. But there's a glory coming on a company of people in this nation and the planet that is going to be the fullness. It's going to be tabernacles. It's way beyond Pentecost. Romans 8.23 says... Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Growing inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. We grow inwardly. 
we've all experienced like different moves of the Spirit Toronto, but we all know that right now it's like we're in between something. What is it we're in between? I'll tell you what, Pentecost and Tabernacles. <laughs> I love you, Lawrence. Tabernacles means... What does it mean? <laughs> it's a feast of ingathering. Jesus says the harvest is at the end of the age. <laughs> Tabernacles represents glory. It's the feast of his presence, but it's also habitation. What we've experienced up till now is visitation. Pentecost was visitation. When the Holy Spirit came and moved in Wales and Toronto and Lewis and Ulster and all the different revivals in America, it was visitation. But what is coming next is beyond visitation. It's habitation. It's a company of people who the Spirit comes upon and dwells. Paul Keith says there's been many people that the Spirit has came and moved through, but very few that have been habitations in the earth. Habitation. Habitation, can you imagine that? Can you imagine habitation on a company of people? Can you imagine habitation as we walk through the streets like Peter and we've got such a level of the presence of God upon us that our shadow heals? Such a level of the presence of God that demons flee with one word, just one word, and people are set free. Not contending for weeks for healing, but with one word they shall be healed. I'm telling you, I don't, I'm not just speaking a nice word. This is what is coming. It's the tabernacles. It's the end time company of the mature sons in the earth who walk in the fullness. Not just a tenth, but the fullness of the Holy Spirit and the fullness of the seven spirits of God. Oh, the seven spirits of God are a massive part of this. We've maybe not heard much about this, but we're going to hear about it because the seven spirits of God, Jesus had the seven spirits. Four times in the book of Revelation, it talks about the seven spirits. Revelation 1.4.8 says, To the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne. John gave greetings to the church from Jesus, and from the seven spirits. You cannot give greetings to someone unless that person asked you to give greetings. I cannot give greetings to Justin from Lawrence unless Lawrence asked me to give greetings. And the greetings were given from the seven spirits to the churches. Revelation 3.1 says, this is what you must write to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is Jesus speaking. It says, I have the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Listen to what I say. I know what you are doing. Everyone may think you are alive, but you are dead. Jesus said, I have the seven spirits of God. The fullness I'm talking about involves the seven spirits of God. We have had a down payment. And we may think in our heads, I've never seen that before, so it can't be right. Let me tell you, we've never seen it before. Because we've not experienced the fullness. We've not experienced tabernacles. But we're going to walk in the fullness of the seven spirits. Revelation 4.5 says, And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning upon the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Seven lamps burning on the throne. 
Seven lamps burning on the throne. We're looking for fire. What is the fire that's coming? It's the seven burning lamps. The seven spirits of God. We will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, but it's not just a wee flame. It's the seven spirits of God coming upon a generation. Revelation 5, 6 says, And I saw in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders a lamb standing, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth unto all the earth. There's seven spirits burning before the throne, but the seven spirits are also sent forth unto all the earth. So what are the seven spirits? Isaiah 11 verse 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Rest upon him. John the Baptist says, whoever the spirit comes upon and rests, this is the son of God. This is a mature son the Holy Spirit and the seven spirits, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is going to come upon us and rest. Rest speaks of habitation. Rest means to remain. We've saw visitations. Pentecost was visitations. But the seven spirits, the spirit of the Lord, the first in the menorah, is going to come and rest upon us. What is the spirit of the Lord, the first in the menorah, the candlestick? It's the spirit. It's the sovereign spirit. It's the spirit of the Lord. Spirit means ruach, the breath of God, the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence that was on Jesus the Spirit of the Lord, we come under the Spirit of the Lord and His manifest presence consumes us. And that's why Peter could walk under the Spirit of the Lord. And as he walked under the Spirit of the Lord, his shadow could heal. That's why Maria Woodworth Etta could stand and for 40 miles away, the glory would come. She was under the Spirit of the Lord. And 40 miles away, people come under the cloud. They come under the cloud of what she carried. They come under the Spirit of the Lord. When the Spirit of the Lord comes, 40 miles away, 50 miles away, people come under that glory. And unbelievers would have visions of heaven, visions of Jesus, visions of hell even. They would go into trances, mockers. Mockers would go into trances and begin to be terrified. And it's the spirit of the Lord. When we come under the government of the seven spirits, it's the spirit, the manifest presence, but it's the spirit of the Lord. We must come under his lordship. We must come under his government. When we are under the spirit of the Lord, we cannot just do our will. It's his will. Thy will be done, not ours. Because when we are coming under the seven spirits, we can be dangerous. Because this is, a, this is dread champions that are coming. And when I say coming, I mean all of us, anyone who desires this. It's the Joel's army. It's the end time manifestation of the sons. All creation is groaning for this. All creation, not just all of us. Not just all of us, all of creation is groaning for us to begin to walk as mature sons, to bring order back to the cosmos, order back to creation, order back to the universe. All creation. We come under the Lordship. And he had, Jesus had 
wisdom and understanding. To come under wisdom. Remember, these are seven beings that teach us how to be the mature sons on the earth. Seven beings, but also seven expressions. Seven expressions of God himself. Wisdom. There is a higher wisdom. Bobby Connor says there's a higher wisdom. The spirit of wisdom is coming upon us. And the spirit of wisdom builds our house on seven pillars. The spirit of wisdom wants to build something. Something that contains the fullness of God. He's building a temple. Ephesians 2.22. Wisdom is building his house. But we need to get rid of us building things. To let the spirit of wisdom come and build it. His way. Wisdom and understanding. Daniel, Solomon were prototypes of coming under the spirit of wisdom. Solomon was given, he was given the, the blueprints from his dad David to build the temple. One of the things the spirit of wisdom is bringing is blueprints. And he's building upon seven pillars, the seven pillars of society, but also the seven spirits. Wisdom is coming. The spirit of wisdom. Like Daniel, who could interpret dreams and new mysteries. Like Joseph, who knew how to save his nation in times of famine. Can you imagine we governments and kings and presidents and prime ministers come to us because they know we have the spirit of wisdom? Can you imagine the government coming to you, Lawrence? (laughs) (laughs) And suddenly the spirit of wisdom begins to operate in fullness and you can tell them how to do things in the economy, politics, education. Other nations may be falling apart, but glory and light shall come upon this nation because there's people who operate under the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of counsel and might. Jesus operated in this all the time. He did nothing unless he saw his father doing it. He would tell someone to go and wash seven times. That was counsel. And when the person obeyed the counsel, the mighty power of God was released and they would be healed. William Branham walked in this. He would see like a, a vision, but it was more than a vision. It was like an encounter where he saw himself going into a hospital room When he went in the hospital room, he would see a man who had been absolutely, he was dying. He was in a a car wreck. And he saw two men walking in. And he saw the doctor coming in and saying, the the man, there's no hope. The man's going to die. And then after that, in this encounter, William Branham would go to the man and say, you shall live and not die. And the man would jump up completely healed. That was the counsel because it hadn't happened in real life yet. That was the night before. The next day, he would go to the hospital and just copy exactly what he saw in the vision. And he would have to wait till every detail was in place exactly as he saw it. And then he would say, he would wait for the doctor to come in. And then he would say, now it's my turn. And he would tell his friends, watch this. You shall live and not die. They would jump out of their bed and be totally healed. The Celtic saints walked in this. Columba walked in this. Counseling might is coming. We welcome counsel and might. We say we want counsel and might for Northern Ireland. Counsel and might. Wisdom and understanding and the spirit of the Lord. We welcome to Northern Ireland. Listen, as I speak, I'm not just speaking a nice word. We're decreeing this into the nation. As the government, we're decreeing that Northern Ireland wants us. Northern Ireland, Lawrence wants us. 
Northern Ireland needs us. The sovereign spirits of God are essential. Jesus said, I have the seven spirits. If Jesus had the seven spirits, how can we not have them? Because we're his body. We are his body. We need the seven spirits. If we don't have the seven spirits, we're not part of the body of Christ. We cannot be part of the body of Christ if we don't have the seven spirits. Because Jesus has it. It's decision time. (laughs) Moses walked in counsel and might. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. This is God telling them what to do. That's counsel. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. The counsel of the Lord comes. But nothing happens unless we obey. So in verse 21, it says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. He obeyed the counsel. And at that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. And a wall of water on the right hand and on the left. Moses adhered to the council and it released the power of God that pushed back the sea so that the the children of Israel could walk through. Can you imagine that's under the old covenant? Moses obeyed counsel and might. Can you imagine that in the new covenant? Based on better promises, not just the law, not just Pentecost, but tabernacles, the manifest sons in the earth, obeying counsel and might. Can you imagine, like in the Philippines, if a storm was coming and we come under counsel and might and we could stand before the storm in front of even news channels and say, this storm will not come here. And before the media's eyes, the storm is turned back. The manifestation of the sons is what is coming. That's connected to tabernacles because we will walk in the fullness of what Christ died for on the cross. Everything he died for, we have only seen a tenth. And the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of knowledge, like Jesus with the woman at the well, she said he told me everything I ever did. Can you imagine we come under the spirit of knowledge, under the government of God, walking in the fullness of the seven spirits, and we can tell people everything they ever did, not to, not to embarrass them, but to reveal to them that Jesus is real. Going to governments and revealing everything the prime minister or president ever did, the spirit of knowledge coming upon us, And it didn't just affect the women. She went back and the city gets saved. The spirit of knowledge is so powerful that when we begin to walk in this, whole cities can be saved. And let me say, the gifts of knowledge is like a tenth. The spirit of knowledge is the fullness. The gift of wisdom is like a tenth. The spirit of wisdom is the fullness. The gift of knowledge is like a tenth. Anything we've seen before is like a tenth. The spirit of knowledge is the fullness. I I tell you honestly, I don't want just the gifts anymore. That was a foretaste. It was a down payment. That's all. I love the past, I honour Pentecost, I honour revival. Me and Justin and Jane, we always love the past and revivals. But I tell you, what is coming is far greater. The latter house is greater than the former. And the fear of the Lord... The spirit of the fear of the Lord is coming again upon a generation 
In the book of Acts, it says that they had meetings that were so glorious that people didn't even want to join them. People were scared to go to their meetings. People don't, people don't want to come to our meetings because they're boring. And they're really rubbish. We really need to just give up and say we give up. Give up. Give up our strategies. Give up our ways. Give up our will. And say we want the fear of the Lord to come upon us. The fear of the Lord. I just have a wee story or two today with the fear of the Lord because there was people who were prototypes who did walk in more than their, what other people walked in their day. They were prototypes of what is to come. And Charles Finney was a prototype. He was in revival and he was invited to go to a factory. You probably know the story. But I'll read it anyway. A schoolmaster that night looking over his papers. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. I'll read it anyway. I don't know what one it is. Oh, this is the Lewis revival. A schoolmaster that night looking over his papers 15 miles away from the island on the mainland suddenly was gripped by the fear of God. And he said to his wife, I don't know what's drawn me to Barvis, but I must go. His wife said, but it's nearly 10 o'clock and you're thinking of going to Barvis. I know what's on your mind. I know that you are going to drink. (laughs) And you're not leaving the house tonight. That's what she said to him. He was a hard drinker. And he said to his wife, I may be mistaken. Oh, I may be mistaken. But if I know anything at all about my heart and mind, I think I say to you now that drink will never touch my lips again. And she said to him, well, John, if that's your mind, then go to Barvis. And he got someone to take him to the ferry, someone to ferry him across. And I was conducting a meeting in the farmhouse at midnight, and the schoolmaster came out, came to the door, and they made room for him. And in a matter of minutes, he was praising God for salvation. Now, that's a miracle. (laughs) The fear of the Lord came to him in his house, nowhere near a meeting. And the fear of the Lord, the fact, the fear of the Lord came to the whole island. And one night, something like, it was something like 900 people run out of their houses because the whole island shook with the presence. The fear of the Lord came upon the whole island. And some of them even ran to the police station. (laughs) They just needed help, but they didn't know where to get it. This one is Charles Finney. The next morning after breakfast, I went to the factory to look through it. As I went through the factory, I observed there was a good deal of agitation among those that were busy at their looms and their mills and other implements of work. On passing through one of the apartments were a great number of young women who were attending to their spinning or weaving. I observed a couple of them eyeing me and speaking very earnestly to each other. And I could see that they were a good deal agitated. Although they both laughed, I went slowly towards them. They saw me coming and were evidently much excited. The thread of one of the machines broke, and I observed that the girl's hands trembled so that she could not mend it. I approached slowly, looking on each side at the machinery as I passed, but observed that this girl grew more and more agitated and could not proceed with her work. When I came with eight or ten feet of her, when I came within eight or ten feet of her, I looked solemnly at her. She observed it and was quite overcome and sunk down and burst into tears. That impression caught me almost like powder. It caught on almost like powder, and in a few minutes, nearly all the room were in tears. The feeling spread through the whole factory. Mr. Walcott, the owner of the establishment, was present. And seeing the state of things, he said to the superintendent, Stop the mill and let the people attend to religion. 
For it is more important that our souls should be saved than this factory keeps running. Oh. It didn't even say a word. It didn't even say, it just looked because the fear of the Lord was upon him. The presence was upon him. And he walked into the factory and the whole factory was shut down. And every single person came under the conviction and fell to their knees and weeping. It happened with Smith Wigglesworth as he walked through a train. He just walked past people and he began to weep. But I tell you, even though I'm reading that story, what is coming is far greater than that. That's just a foretaste. But God is looking in Ireland for a company of people who are willing to say that we want to be the mature sons here. And we want to walk in the fullness of the seven spirits. That we're willing to put aside everything and say, Lord, let thy will be done. And we are willing to say, I'll come under the spirit of the Lord. Of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and might, of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Wow. Is Northern Ireland up for this? Is Northern Ireland up for this? Because the Lord is speaking, there's the voice that's speaking in heaven, and the voice is echoing throughout the earth, looking for people. And it's not people who've got it all together, it's weak people. It's vulnerable people. It's people who know they can't do it. It's people who decide, like Mary, I'll sit at the feet of Jesus rather than doing endless works. Endless works that are not under the government. We need to learn to come under the government of God and do only what the Father wants us to do. And God is looking for people in Northern Ireland who you may not know how any of this works, but you're hungry and you're willing and you just want to say, Lord, teach me your ways. Like Moses, the children of Israel knew his works. We've got many evangelistic outreaches that know the works of God, but God is looking for people who say, I want to know his ways. We need to know the ways and for that we need to come under the spirit of wisdom. Lord, we say, and I'm sure I'm saying it on your behalf, that Northern Ireland wants to come under this. We want this in Ireland. We want the tabernacle of God. We want to come under the seven spirits of God, the spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We will put aside our endless efforts to commandle the government of heaven that we may see whole cities changed in a day. That we may see see Belfast changed in a day. That we will be walking tabernacles, the first generation in history that walk in the fullness, not just a tenth. It's a new era. It's a brand new day. Can you hear the voice speaking from heaven? Can you hear the voice that now speaks? It says, come up here and be taught by heaven. Come up to Mount Zion and be taught by the Lord himself. The veil has been torn. And the Lord is inviting us through the veil into the holy of holies. That we will be taught by the Lord himself. Because it will come to pass in the latter days that they shall say, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Mount Zion and we will become a people of government a people of intimacy a people who walk in fullness and the latter house shall be greater than the former And Lord, I pray in the courtroom tonight or today that it's not far away. I pray that one by one we begin to 
somehow step into this new era, but one by one, we will step in like Jesus was the first born of many, the first brethren of many, that we, Lord God, will become mature sons that you'll come and teach us. And Lord, I ask in the government that you'll begin to release the seven spirits and the tutors of heaven to begin to teach people here how to become mature sons. Will you release the governors and the tutors to these people, Lord, that we will become mature in Northern Ireland, that there will be an ecclesia in Northern Ireland, that we will be a sheep nation and not a goat nation, that we will not be overcome by darkness, but the glory shall be seen in Northern Ireland again. And Lord, I present before you in the court every seed that's been sown from this nation from St. Patrick, St. Columba, all the Celtic saints, Lord, from this land. Lord, they have sown much. I ask that they get their reward, that they get their harvest. Lord, they are crying. How long? How long for Northern Ireland? I present this to you in the court, Lord, their voice that says, Lord, they have sown They want their harvest, Lord. And Jesus, you sowed your life for this land. I ask that you receive your full reward. Your full reward for Northern Ireland. Jesus.